in a world foreign to our own. At a time of religious strife, of kings and queens, when trumpets had no holes, one man goes on a mission to save the future. Get ready, cause this bassoonist is going to save the world and blow your mind. And welcome to the Early Music Podcast Season 3. I'm Andrew Byrne, and strap in and get excited. Because, well, this show is far more educational than I'm trying to make it out to be. Join me. Our combined strength. Bring order to the galaxy. Oh, man. And here we go. is the Early Music Podcast with your host, Andrew Byrne. Brought to you by Rayma, the Early Music Network. Kawabunga. Episode 1. happen to listen to classical music today, chances are you also listen to early repertoires from time to time, and maybe more often than you'd think. When it pops up on your favorite radio station or a streaming platform, you might perfectly enjoy listening to the music of J.S. Bach or Antonio Vivaldi, Jean-Philippe Rameau, or Henry Purcell without putting the early music label on it. But then, why is there an early music sector with its community of audiences, researchers, and performers? What defines early music? Where does it start? What is so special about this branch of music performance that encompasses a parallel universe of artists, festivals, concert halls, conservatoires, and record labels? And what do all these people see in early music that makes them so passionate about it? The repertoire we usually link with this branch consists of music from Europe beginning in the Middle Ages, continuing through the Renaissance and Baroque periods, all the way to the late Romantic period. But early music in itself is more than just the music of a certain time. We use the moniker early music to define a repertoire that is somehow distant from us, possibly because it's come out of fashion, or the scores were, well, temporarily lost, because the manner in which it is performed today is in part or entirely different from the way it was performed in the past, or because the occasion for which that music was used has become no longer relevant to our current culture. In short, music that needs to be investigated and or rediscovered before it is once again performed today. And in this sense, to be part of an earlier stage of our culture, or even, one could argue, a foreign culture altogether. Sometimes a piece has been forgotten for centuries. Sometimes it has been passed down and has developed its own performance tradition that makes one wonder, what if we heard the original performance of this music? Would we recognize it? And here the impossible quest begins. Spoiler alert, you will never find the answer you're looking for, but that does make the journey more exciting. Thank you. 
It has an almost mystical feeling for a performer and an audience to be able to get a glimpse of a long-forgotten world through a musical performance, just like we do sometimes through a painting or the visit of a building or an archaeological dig, except that music can be performed live before you by artists of the 21st century. But then, how does a 21st century artist begin the process to understanding the music of the past as a contemporary musician might? There are many steps to this paradoxical artistic journey. It involves research on the construction and performance of old musical instruments. It involves reading treatises about aesthetics or rhetoric or studying printed or manuscript scores and investigating the lives of composers and their patrons, tracing influences and travels throughout Europe. So brought directly to your ears by Rema is a journey into the mind of today's performers, researchers, composers, and ensemble directors who devote themselves to this quixotic quest who delve into this field in search of chimerical truths to track down even the slightest clues just to perform music as it was heard then. I got a bad feeling about this. What is it like to rediscover the music today from a composer born a millennia ago? What do you learn about a piece when you hear it performed today in a concert space it was first performed in? How can you try to rebuild a long-lost Renaissance instrument and not lose your sanity? And more than anything, what is so fascinating about this process that you would want today, in 2023, to dedicate your life to early music, capital E, capital M? Let's investigate. In each of the next nine episodes, I will speak to guests chosen by Rema for their reputation of being quite particular about one specific characteristic in the study or performance of early music. You might also learn a bit more about nine composers from the medieval period to the 21st century, and if you are more of a visual person or would just like to go deeper down the early music rabbit hole, check the Rama podcast web pages for additional texts, images, videos, and music carefully chosen by the team to accompany each episode. The links are always in the show notes. In the next episode, I speak with international artist and conductor Francesco Corti and look at the toccatas of the early 17th century keyboardist and composer Girolamo Frescobaldi to show us the process early music artists go through to understand the parts of a musical work which were taken for granted by the composer and not necessarily written down. Thanks for listening.